Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Good evening once again, my friend. How are you doing over there in uh, Minnesota land? I am uh, I'm delightful. It is it is cold and dreary, my favorite season. So, you know, I'm great. I'm having a warm cup of uh, whatever, my fifth cup of coffee for the day. You're having your fifth cup of coffee at this time of the day? I am. And I'll probably have one more. Got a cozy blanket. Nice. You know, doing all right. My kids are occupied downstairs. Nice. Right now. I have my nice, warm, cozy moccasins on. So. Well, I am. I do not have moccasins on. So I, I now feel a little FOMO. So thanks for that. Appreciate it. Do you need to go get, go out and buy some (laughs) moccasins? Maybe. Maybe. Make sure you get the nice fur-lined fuzzy ones. Except here's the problem with fur-lined moccasins is that then my hot my feet get hot. Yeah. And I hate it when my feet sweat. Not that any of you needed to hear any of that, but any welcome to this wonderful thing. So it's an evening again. We're I like this this Sunday night thing for recording. So I think we're gonna keep up on that. Um yeah. just works into the schedule of our weeks. But uh that helps because I forget my schedule terrible. Okay, so let me just tell you, I have put something on my calendar for picking up coats for coat distribution, and I have went now twice on the wrong date because I just you remember put it in your Wednesday calendar wrong. Yes, and I put it in my calendar wrong twice. Wow, but it is this coming Wednesday, so they'll be like really sick of hearing me, but. Yes, I, I understand that. Don't make sure you actually show up then this time. Okay. I know. I probably miss it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Is it on your calendar? Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> and it's been verified by other people. That's good. That's that's so, a good start. Something to be said about bringing people in on the team, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I will tell you in my this is be this will be my sixth Christmas in Manitowoc. And I will tell you every year, I think with, with one exception, but every other year there has been one event in the Christmas season on my calendar, even that I have forgotten to attend. And I feel horrendous and horrible, but for those of you who might not know, the Salvation Army officer has a, has a very busy schedule often, especially at Christmas time. And so there's, a lot of different things that need to happen during the course of a day, during the course of a week. And there were always evening events, something special or different in an evening time. And every year I have forgotten to go to one event each year. And yeah. so I'm really yeah. kind of praying that this year I can avoid that because it's embarrassing when you forget to go to the thing that you've been invited to speak at <laughs> or collect toys at or well, receive a check. At. Yeah. They get a hold of me the next day, mostly in concern. In fact, one that I missed, they were very concerned that I might've gotten to a car accident on my way to the, to the event. Nope. I was at home co- under a cozy blanket with my dog. Just, I'd forgotten because it was a Friday night and, and that's just what happened. <laughs> that's just what happened. Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, here we are several minutes into a really long introduction of things you don't even need to know, but guess I guess it gets you to know us a little bit better. But uh, we are, as our as our title says, two misfits. We consider ourselves messengers uh, of the gospel uh, for a myriad of reasons. If you listened uh, to earlier episodes, you know what those reasons are. And so we are actually in the middle of a series. Well, not the middle. We're at the end of a series. We're going to finish it up tonight. On the gospel, excuse me, not the gospel, the letter of First John. Man, alive, this is a night. Whew. I'm not cutting any of this out either. We're just going to go right. with it. Yeah. Raw, oh, man. Authentic. <laughs> All the foibles and everything. I like that word, foible. It's a fun that word. That is a good one. I like it. Maybe that'll go on a t-shirt. Just kidding. Just right, foible. Right under get crooked. Anyway. <laughs> Yes. Hashtag get crooked. Um, 
You're going to have to listen back to some episodes. I don't even know which number one that was, but uh, it's about Psalm 23. So, but we are in 1 John chapter 5, starting at verse 6, and we are going to finish this book tonight. So, right. uh, yeah, do you want to read? Do you want to read tonight? Yeah, I can read. I can read. Any uh, particular translation? NIV is open in my... NIV is great fun. That's the new living or new international. And and I think we should take these in chunks. Maybe it'll it will go a little faster with the chunks. Um, sure. So you okay. want to just I do would, six to twelve? Fine. I'll go six to twelve. Yep. Okay. All right. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is, and it is the Spirit who testifies. Because the truth, because the spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And there are three in agreement. We accept testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. Whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God had given about a son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. But whoever does not have the son does not have life. All right. I feel like a little bit of a broken record with First John. That there is a lot of repetition. Mm -hmm. But again, it's for purpose and point. It's not just... I don't think it's because John had dementia or something where he just forgets what he wrote. I think it's because he's trying to emphasize some points. Well, I think it's like the bumper stickers of the other day, right? What led down to a bumper sticker? Sure. I think. That doesn't seem too weird to me, you know, like. Make your point, right? Or in, in our day and age, they would call it the elevator speech, right? Oh, yes. Okay, so whittle it down to a simple point. What is the point? Right? Fair. So he's, he's continually repeating the same thing, right? Which is, Jesus is important. <laughs> well, yeah, that he is, that all life is found in him, right? Yeah. That all of these people who are trying to say or do a gospel that is not the one that you heard, that are saying one type of gospel, but are living in a different way that is contrary to it. Um, he's getting to the point of, um, again, right? If you go back a little bit that we talked about, he's talking about people who are born of God, right? Mm -hmm. Well, how do we know who's born of God? There's three that testify, right? Right. We have the Holy Spirit. We have uh, the water, which I'm assuming is referring to baptism, probably. And um, which is the community of believers is what I how I assume baptism, right? The that there are you belong to a group outside of yourself, right? You've been brought into a collective and by the blood of Christ. Yeah, as far as the testimony up there, I was thinking down at the beginning of verse six, where or the middle of verse six, he did not come by water only, but by water and blood. Mm -hmm. um, and then you could argue, argue he came by water through the waters of birth, of birth. childbirth. Yep. yep. And then the blood of death. Yep. I can see that as well, especially when it's coming referring to the Christ, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that duality of the person of Jesus, right? Fully God, fully man. Yeah. There is a note Ooh. in the in the at the bottom. Well, Ooh. in an actual in a in my okay. physical um, that late manuscripts of the Vulgate, which okay, here's a backstory, some backstory. The Vulgate is the Latin translation of scripture, uh, translated okay. by Saint Jerome, and so uh, for the longest time, actually, the Vulgate was kind of the Bible for a lot of the the Holy Catholic Church, um, because Hebrew and Greek were not well-known, you know, mm -hmm. languages at that point, but Latin was kind of the lingua franca. And mm -hmm. so it was the Bible for a long time. 
it's not a perfect translation. No translation is. And there's actually several places where you could argue it's it's not even a very good translation. Not in all the places, just in some of them. But here it says late manuscripts of the Vulgate um, add an addition or have a little bit differentiation on verse 8 that says um, that three testify, these testify in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one, and there are oh. three that testify on earth, um, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And then it okay. says those none of those are found, like this, this manuscript testimony is not found in any Greek manuscript before the 16th century. Isn't it interesting? So those of you guys who might be you know, new to the Bible or adjacent to the Bible, where maybe this isn't something that you know very well. Uh, Christians are pretty open, most Christians, not every Christian, but that there, there are differences in manuscripts in the historical Bible. And that mm -hmm. um, those things need to be looked at. I think of specifically of the end of the Gospel of Mark. Or there's a, a passage, an extra couple things in John that, mm -hmm. you know, you have to kind of come to terms with what, what was the original? What, why is there a differentiation? What mm -hmm. does that mean? What does that look like? What does that do for our faith or, or how do we handle that? And I think the, the best way to handle it, honestly, is to take it head on and to understand it is what it is. Right here, we have, okay, late manuscripts of the Vulgate, not found in the Greek before the 16th century. So you're talking way late. 16th century right. is well over, what, 13, or excuse me, 1,500 years after John writes this thing. Um, so that clearly is an editorial choice uh, for the translators of the New International Version, where they keep right. it out. They leave it as a footnote because it's dated so late in the text right Does that makes sense yep so they're not omitting it completely saying oh that was garbage but they're saying no it's not it's not it wasn't there before right so and so it's obviously like you said an editorial choice but it is i think helpful i think in understanding the fullness of the passage so i'm yep. glad it's still there at least as a note mm-hmm but, you know, um, because I think this verse is kind of talking in that a little bit of duality, right? This is what's happening up here in heaven. This is how it's being manifested on earth when it comes to the person of Christ. Yeah. What I think also sometimes later manuscripts were trying to explain something that maybe wasn't clear in earlier manuscripts. Mm -hmm. You know, think about it. When when you're writing an, a book or a a, a paper you know there are times when somebody reads it and they're like hey i don't understand this can you rewrite this in a way that's understandable mm -hmm. um i'm not saying that that's exactly what happened but i am saying that uh i don't think that this changes the the theological meaning behind the text right mm -hmm. uh it doesn't change what it means it's still these these testify to who jesus is right right the Holy Spirit, you could argue for the waters of baptism, could argue for the waters of birth. You could argue the blood of Christ shed on the cross. Uh, but either which way, these these don't these this isn't the the culmination or the lack thereof of who Jesus is. Right. We right. see in the Gospels who Jesus is. We see in the other chapters of the of the letter of first John who Jesus is uh, the son of God the the reason we can have eternal life right verse 11 this is the testimony god has given us eternal life and this life is in his son he who has the son has life and he who does not have the son does not have life exactly and that's that's the that's the bumper sticker of the whole letter i think oh ab absolutely right he's like and this the is fact the that anybody Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah, the, 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 this is the point to remember. All of this stuff, and even we're, you know, talking about semantics a little bit too, like why is this omitted? And those are, we need to, we do need to look at those because I think we need to be of sound mind. 
I definitely don't think we should ever just take what people tell us. Um, but maybe because I'm just slightly paranoid. Um, <laughs> but paranoid but, or cynical? What? Well, a little, a dabble in both, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but he's saying this is the thing. What is this testimony that we're talking about? What is where is this life found? Right, that it's there is a God. God has given us access to life eternally. That is in and through and only with Jesus. And if you are with Jesus, you have it. And if you're not, then you don't. Right. And if you are with Jesus, have confidence that you have yeah. life. Right. Don't yep. believe the Antichrist that tell you a whole bunch of other stuff. Don't, you know, don't believe that some people have secret knowledge that they, you know, that right. you have to tap into some secret knowledge. Otherwise, you're not going to have eternal life. Um. And also, by the way, if you have Jesus and say you hate your brother, I think you're missing it, too. Right. And that's the that's the kicker for me a lot of times in when I'm thinking of especially first John and thinking about how we live out our faith. Hmm. So there are so many people who call themselves Christian, who call themselves believers in Jesus, who harbor hatred in their hearts for people yeah and i just i want to caution you dear listeners um as we as i as i kind of caution myself on a daily basis that if there are people in my life that i'm harboring even a dislike for that's bordering on hatred uh, or or disdain that I need to check myself. Yeah. Because God loves them. Mm -hmm. And he loved me even when I was a sinner and 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 re and didn't like him and didn't follow him and you know we both came from from backgrounds of we actively did not believe in God like as an active atheism not a not a kind of a I feel like there are some people who are default atheists because sure. they don't know any better. Neither one of us <laughs> were default atheists. Right. Right. Yeah, we were, we were active atheists. And, you know, if, if I come to the, come to interactions with people, brothers and sisters in the faith, uh, just fellow human beings. And I treat people with hatred in my heart you gotta you gotta question that what let the holy spirit do a work right and i think well, i think those are ways to be signs that um that's either you're either looking to something to fill you like god should right or disconnecting from him at all i mean i know that in my own heart there's there's clues that i'll get sometimes um, that I'm disconnected and it usually starts with being quick to anger or slow to forgive right for me when I when I'm when I'm starting to operate in my own strength right I'm starting to get bitter about stuff I get um you know disillusioned with stuff or I just start to get depressive like no one likes me or it's all for nothing or whatever you know the feelings you know right. that I usually tell you about Jenny Right. right, but um, but that's usually a sign for me that I have a spiritual disconnect. Yeah. So I, I'm start. I I've learned to kind of value that time, or or when that's when I feel convicted. Right. Yeah. Yep. Because to to be able to recognize, say, oh, thank you, God, that that you're still convicting me. Right. Because you could just say, yeah. I've given you enough chances, Amanda, to not be a jerk to people. Yet here you are given somebody side eye or something. So forget it. I'm done with you. And he's just gone. Right. But no, God, God convicts. Right. And he says, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and I, I find really grateful for those. I'm saying I want to remain in, in God, but I find myself when I start to forget those, those things, right. The spirit, the water, the blood, I start to forget the Holy spirit in me my humanity, right? With the water, yeah. either way you take that that thing and the blood of Christ. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, we're hitting some deep stuff tonight. Let's keep going. Um, All right. You read, you read, so I'll read. All right. What do you think? Should we just get to the bottom? Let's go. Finish, finish it off. All right. So first John chapter five, verse 13 through the end says this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Here we go again. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. If anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that he should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin. And there is sin that leads to that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We also know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. So <laughs> I don't think I can find a cluster of verses that have I have found been so badly interpreted culturally at times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think there's like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. But <laughs> Um, so okay, so so the first one, um, is of course is confidence of an approaching God, right? Yeah. Now, do you remember a while back ago there was this thing that came out the secret? Yes. Are you familiar? Yes. So, if any of my listeners are, um, avoided it, it's garbage. But the main, <laughs> sorry, I'm just gonna. The main consensus around it is like. Whatever you speak into the universe, if you speak it with authority, it'll the universe will manifest it for you. Right. But it got like packaged into this like pseudo Christianity, and this verse was like the crux of that whole terrible theology. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Friends, so I actually ask- had to, go ahead. I actually had to read that book for work. In a secular position. Yeah. Which was kind of funny because me, I was the only Christian really there. And then I had a Jewish um, co-worker and I had a Muslim co-worker. And us three ladies were the ones that were like, uh, yeah, about about this. Like, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, neither here nor there, but... <laughs> Agreed. I th- I think we often have this, uh, there can be a misconception. There is a misconception among some Christians where, yeah, if you just pray it confidently enough, uh, the whole premise, and I hate to say it this way, but the name it and claim it. Yeah. Where you speak it into being and God will say yes. No, that's no. not always how that works. Um, in fact, it's often not how it's how it works. Understand it says here, and if we we whatever we ask according to his will. So you gotta think, what are you asking for? What are we praying for? Does it line up with God's will? Because if it yeah, doesn't, then I'm sorry, it's not gonna happen. Right. Ding ding ding. That's the that's the the crux of it but i do say i i say consistently i write a lot of or prayer cards actually out and one of the things that i write often in them is we trust that god hears our prayers we also mm-hmm. trust and believe that god answers our prayers mm-hmm. he doesn't always answer them how we think or how we expect or even how we want sometimes the answer is no because yeah. maybe we're asking for something that 
in the end wouldn't be good for us. Mm, yeah. Right. Or in the end leads us to unhelpful places. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And there are times when God says no, and it's a really, really good thing we're asking for. Maybe the healing of a loved one who's sick or, you know, a end of a relationship turmoil. And you're like, God, I don't know how you would not say yes to that. And understand that one, God is bigger than us and has a, a broader understanding of the universe than us. And two, we're not God. Hmm. And three, people have free will. No, that's true. That's true too. <laughs> you know, I think I think back to I believe it was Corinthians, but I, I just preached a sermon today. We're still in the armor of God, and and I was talking about I think Paul when he was writing some of his letters that he has had the scroll of Isaiah with him because I'll tell you what the amount of allusions that Paul makes in his writings to the book of Isaiah are numerous. It's like he makes tons of references to Isaiah. But one of the references in both Corinthians and I believe in Isaiah, if I'm remembering correctly, is the potter. Like, does the clay get to say to the potter, hey, don't make me into that thing. I don't want to be that thing. I want to be a different thing, right? No, the potter decides what the clay is going to be made into. And God is the potter and we are the clay. (laughs) And so... How dare we get mad about how the potter chooses to shape and mold us? So, right. Good stuff. Yep. So, what I'm hearing in this passage, though, is you know, when you got to take in the context of the whole book, right? So, when you, (laughs) the whole letter. Thank you. Yes. This isn't a, (laughs) we can't pull this out and say this is independent of whatever else has been said all all book long. Yep. So he's saying, you know, um, this is how we know we're in God, right? And so now he's writing and he starts out this section, this concluding affirmations. I'm writing right now to the people who are already here. Right? I'm writing to the people who who get it. Okay? Who understand truth, are in in the God, are in the fold, um, full, full mature believers. Right. He's writing right now. And so he's saying for you who already are in the will of God, you are already tapped into the Holy Spirit. You already are looking at people with God eyes, right? For you, you're already going to be praying for the things that God cares about. And I want you to have confidence. God is hearing that. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a hope passage saying don't give I, That's how I read it. Don't give up. Yeah. You know, and then the next part of it, right? If you see a brother or sister that's committing a sin, you know, um, pray, pray for them. Pray for them, right? That's again, a what the sin next that thing. does not lead to death. Right. So, what do you think that means? And you're going to I am. <laughs> you know it. Don't well, give me side eye. I don't give you side eye. Calm down. <laughs> um, so this is an interesting text. And so a lot of people. Again, another one that gets misthrown yeah, out there. There's one, if you will, for lack of a better term, unforgivable sin. Um, yeah. That just immediately takes me to Harry Potter. I just, I like, I don't know why, but. Um, right. And that it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And we got into a uh, you know, Bible study one night. We got into a lengthy conversation about what does that even mean? Because that's a, that's a lot of loaded Christian words. Yeah. But I think here, uh, I, I don't know that you can necessarily say it's a sin. Like, oh, if you commit murder or, oh, if you yeah, commit this is the one. sin. I don't think that there's a it's that because i think if it had been that like if it's let's say it's murder i don't it's not but i think john would have said any murderer doesn't do it yeah right what do you think 
<laughs> oh, I knew you were going to ask that, too. You think? What? So when I'm thinking about this, well, one, I mean, my first thought is someone who's stupid and reckless and, like, actually gets themselves killed. Fair. A, I thought that, snowball. that crossed my mind, too. So, like. I mean, John is a kind of a literal writer, so, like, anyway. Um, but I think that the sin that's leading to death, um, what I think about is like that they're just, they don't, they don't want eternal life, right? They are sinning. I'm just thinking about the context of what we read earlier, right? They're sinning and they're not doing anything when you go to them to fix it. They're just giving themselves over to death. Mm, okay. All right. And then so he's like, and then like, I mean, if you think there's hope for them, like they can turn around, continue to pray for him. Right. But if they're going to just, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's, maybe that's harsh. I don't know. Like give up on him. But sometimes in life, like you have to know when to not be in people's lives anymore. True. And that could be a way off interpretation. That's just what's resonating with, with me right now. Yeah. I do like the theory of the literal. Like if you yeah. have a sin that leads you to death and you die. Yeah. You, you, no it's done now. Like they're dead. You can't, can't keep. I mean, I'm just uh, real quick was going to look up a to see if there's any insight that somebody real quick was going to be able to give me on blue letter Bible, but bringing in the Greek nerd. <laughs> oh, no, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. <laughs> you know, I don't even know why I put up with you. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm delightful. <laughs> you know, what's All interesting. Right. So this is yeah. this gentleman okay. um, says, because John, wrote in context of a brother it's wrong to see him meaning a sin leading a spiritual death he probably meant a sin leading to the physical death of the believer yeah. that, that was my first first thought yeah yeah like and then don't pray for them anymore because they did <laughs> which is a whole different theological uh thought there but you know i mean it does say some some believe it's used in a loose sense that it could be the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, which is the willful, settled rejection of Jesus. Right. But then it would be a curious use of the term brother, especially because right. he says, you know, if anyone sees his brother, because this is a spiritual context, right? Mm hmm Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, I'm going with the literal then. I, I think in this case, a literal makes sense. I think um, that often we often we like to make things less literal. For sure. Um, but his brother sin, which is not <laughs> death. Thanato, yeah, that's death, deadly. Okay, the Greek doesn't give me. I'll tell you, friends, I think I've said this before. The Greek of John, John's Greek is very straightforward. It's very simple. Uh, you, If you ever take Greek um, you know, in classes, the one of the first things that you tend to translate is the book of 1 John uh, because wow. it, the Greek is actually very, very straightforward. Um, it doesn't have a lot of complex um, phrases, complex um you know, sometimes, no joke, Paul writes one sentence that we then do in English is like three paragraphs. And in oh. Greek and Paul, it's one sentence. That's how Paul has a very complex Greek writing style. So mm -hmm. did Luke. But John's Greek writing style is very straightforward. It's very much just how it is in English. It's very repetitive. It, it repeats a lot of words. And it's very straightforward. So he just, he, this is, if anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, it's, it's just very straightforward. There's not a lot of um, well, space for misinterpretation there. Okay. Well, then I'm going with that. 
Fair. Both. <laughs> or but we don't have to worry time. about rejection, the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, like trying to figure out the, what that even means, because in this case, it's probably physical death. I don't know. Friends, you listening probably maybe have a different opinion. Feel free to comment. That's okay, because we are open to other interpretations, but we also want to make sure um, that any interpretation is in line with the rest of scripture. Uh -huh. Right. So sometimes when you puzzle things out in the Bible, things, some things aren't super, super clear. And so it's, it's fun and interesting to debate and to kind of converse. But at the end of the day, any interpretation has to meet up and line up with the rest of the testimony of scripture. So it can't uh -huh. just be this off the wall thing that John is way different than Paul, way different than Luke or whatever. They all line up with one another. So isolationism creates cults. Yes. And also pulling verses out of context is mm -hmm. just don't do it. Don't do it, friends. Just say no to <laughs> out of context. Don't verses. pull verses out friends of context. Yeah. I can do everything to... through Christ who gives me strength does not mean I can fly. Okay. Boo. It means but I can learn how to be content when I'm full or when I'm hungry. Yes, because that's the what verse means. It's about contentment. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, that's my... Anyway, okay. Yeah. I won't get on that hill today. Um. <laughs> we should tackle, like, scripture verses pulled out of context. Didn't I say this before? I feel like this is a conversation I've had. Probably. But, but we yes. need to do an actual episode on it. Okay, all right. Well, maybe a series. Out of context verses. Oh, yeah, but not, yeah. yeah, down the road, down the road. All right, all right, that's January's problem. All right, got it, understood. Fair. Moving right along. <laughs> so verse 18, right? So again, this is one of those, I'm just laughing, like, I did not realize that they were all clustered here, all of these, like, out of context verses, but anyway. So we know that um, anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe. And the evil one can't harm them. We know that we are children of God and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We also know the Son of God has given us understanding so we will know him and be true in him and Jesus Christ. So this concept, um, so if you're in born, uh, in born in of God, you don't sin anymore, right? Because that, that's what that means, right? I mean, it's not, um. but... I mean, I don't think. No, no, I don't think. I think it's possible, right? As mm -hmm. as good Wesleyans, um, we believe that you can come to a place of perfected love, uh, second blessing, and all that. But I, I think there's still the potential for sin because there's a difference between willful sin, and if yeah. you will, maybe accidental sin, or unbeknownst to you sin i don't know how you'd term that unbeknownst that's a fun word <laughs> i like the fun words tonight we're using the five dollar i got the five dollar bucket of words i'm just pulling them out and then ooh, we should play that game sometime like pull out a out of a hat a word and you have to figure out how to put it in in the conversation Ooh. like foibles and unbeknownst <laughs> i think i'd be really good at that game That'd be super fun. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so, Jenny, unpack this one for me first. Lord in heaven, help us to unpack these verses. I think it's the continue to sin is the key. Mm. Right? It's the, are you continuing to... We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, are you continuing to do the same willful sins uh, where you don't think it's a problem? where you you don't think it's a sin any longer uh -huh. or at all in the first place. I mean, whether you thought it was a sin at the beginning or not, um, are you disregarding the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Yep. I think um, you're spot on with that. Yeah. Like yeah. when the, when the spirit, like, okay. So I use that example, right. Of, of when I, when I can tell I'm getting disconnected from the spirit, but I'm short with my, kids or i'm feeling bitter about people or whatever it's like a signal to the holy spirit well, if i choose to be like shut up holy spirit i got work to do and i keep on 
just treating people with garbage or treat them worse mm-hmm. because I don't like being convicted. Well, like I am acting out of character as a child of God, right? Like I am out of order. And if I keep on going long enough, well, I mean, as a good Wesleyan, we won't, I won't be a child of God anymore, right? I'll abdicate my position, you know, and, and, and kind of how we, how we talk about it, um, at least in Salvation Army, like God won't drop you out of his hand. You are secure in God's hands. Right. Unless you leave, unless you jump out, right? Unless you decide, never mind, I hate you, father, and I'm being a rebellious teenager and I'm off living my own life or whatever. Yeah. But he's saying, but we know we are children of God, even though the world's under the evil one, God does surround us and can keep us from that. So I I look at this passage really, again, hopeful, right? Mm -hmm. That we can have freedom over sin when we listen to the Holy Spirit and work in relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Or else, why would Jesus prompt us in the first place? To convict. And I also love it here at the end. He's just like, oh, by the way, don't do idols. At the end. (laughs) Oh, so good. It almost seems as though First John ended very abruptly, mm-hmm. almost like a page was missing or something. Dear yeah, children, it's just done. also keep yourself from idols. Oh, okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> well, think about the culture too, right? Two thousand years ago, did not look like ours. We don't call them idols, but we have them. Oh, for sure. And that's part of the problem with trying to teach people or show people things is that we don't name them the same things any longer. And so you don't think of, we don't concern ourselves with the worship of Artemis or Athena or Molech or Dagon or any of Baal, Ashtoreth. We don't term them there, but we still have idols. I mean, for crying out loud, they call the TV show American Idol. Right. Right. Now, to be fair, it's I don't know that people are worshiping the pop stars that come off of that show. I hope they're not. Um, but anything that we place in worship above God. And when I say worship, I mean, what are you spending your time on? What are you spending your thoughts on? What are you spending mm-hmm. your money on? What your your time, talents, and treasures, right? What what gets your time, talent, and treasures? That's what you worship. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, anything I'm putting is valuable over God. And what am I, and also I like, what am I listening to? Where am I getting my validation? You know, where am I getting my yeah. purpose from? Yep. You know, all those things can be idols too. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, where I go back to, because the sermon series I'm doing is, is armor of God, but this whole idea of the armor of God is intended to keep you safe from the evil one, which is exactly what John is saying here too, in a different way. But he's saying, we know that the world is under the control of the evil one. We also know that God has come, the son of God has come and given understanding. So we know him to be true. Right. Well, what does Paul say? Put on your garments, the belt of truth. Uh-huh. And the truth is we know who Jesus is. We know that he did what he said he did. He, he is giving us eternal life through his life, death and resurrection and if we believe that truth and we put it on as kind of a belt to keep our pants up, as it were, uh-huh. then we're a lot less apt to trip and fall over the lies that the world presents. Because we understand as children of God, as adopted members of his family, I don't have to sin. Like yeah. That is no longer like the, I don't need to. I can I have freedom from sin. Uh-huh. And I can choose not to. The world tells me I can't. The world tells me I need and I I need this and I need that and I need this and I don't. 
because God tells me I don't need those things. God tells me I need him. Yep. And then we talked about that on uh, a few episodes back, right? Like the more that is just clear in our head, the rest just comes, right? Like the more we find our identity in Christ, holiness blooms out of that. Like we don't have to try holiness. It just comes. Right. Because it our comes. identity is in Christ. Exactly. And it comes not from our strength. I think that's what it means when Christ. Yeah. When he says, uh, you know, his burden is light. Yeah. His yoke is easy. Right. <laughs> there isn't this striving. And I think that's where a lot of Christians, myself included, have gotten hung up in the past is this. I want to be perfect from God. So I'm going to try out of my own strength to be good enough for God. Right. Right. I'm going to just keep trying harder and serving more. And, and that can lead to burnout. It can lead to uh, um, disillusionment. It can lead to bitterness, which is right. I mean, there are people who serve, who serve God, serve in the church and are doing it as sin because they're so bitter about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you doing? Like, and I think that's those people, Lord, Lord, in our, in your, didn't we do all these things in your name? And he goes, I don't know you. Depart right. from me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know who you're doing it for. It wasn't for me. Right. <laughs> um, right. That's idolatry too. Yep. And he's saying, if you just be with me, you don't have to work so hard. Right. Well, I've, I've been reading a lot in Isaiah recently. And this morning I read through um, chapters 50 to the end, like three or four times. Just, And when I say read, I mean listened to. But mm -hmm. um, which, as you were talking, made me think of this. Um, from Isaiah chapter 58, it says this. Uh, Shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. They say, why have we fasted? Have you not seen? Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? This is God's response. Yet. On the day of your fasting, you did as you, as you pleased and you exploited your workers. Your fasting uh -oh. ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Only for a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day is acceptable to the Lord? Is this not rather the the kind of fast that I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke, to share your food with the hungry, provide for the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe him and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. And it keeps going. But the whole point there is... Yeah. Oh, so good. You, you're doing it wrong! Like... <laughs> You're missing the whole point of of fasting. You're missing the point of this whole thing that I was trying to set up, God says. And I think we can do the same thing in the church when we make the work the end. Mm -hmm. That's it's not. The work is the is the outpouring of the spirit that is doing an inner work in us, and it just says, I'm gonna give back to God. But God also asks us and calls us to rhythms of rest in him he can do more with our 90 percent than he could ever that we could ever do with our 100 percent. Sure. and i don't even mean then tithing like our money i'm talking just take your sabbaths take mm -hmm. your times of rest take and i know i'm preaching the choir for one but i'm also preaching to two misfits who often don't take their own advice i feel like sometimes we need to listen well. back and be like Oh yeah, we said some kind of smart things sometimes. Maybe we should listen to them too. Um, true, true, true. But, oh, final thoughts, Amanda. What you got for final oh. thoughts? 
Oh gosh, you like just threw it at me. Okay, I, I did I know because it. it's that time, friend. We <laughs> like, talk about it. Sabbath and rest. <laughs> <laughs> My final thought is in John. You know, um, everything is written for a purpose, yeah. and um, especially this final chapter. He's saying, um, pay attention to to your heart. Pay attention to how you treat people. It is an indicator of where you are at. Um, but even if we are messing up a little bit or working in our own strength or striving too much, God's grace is so big. Yeah. And he has overcome all of this stuff by his blood. Just tap back into that source. Yeah. Um, and really like Jenny nailed it on the head. Uh, it happens in rest when you slow the heck down. Don't get caught in the tyranny of the urgent. Yeah. But take take time to listen to where God is leading. Wherever your sphere of influence is matters, right? Don't hold out to the next thing. What does God have for you right now? Um and and pay attention to it because God doesn't make mistakes. He does life is too short, right? Amen. Amen. First John, done. Check. Check that box. Yay. Yay. So next week, friends, I'm excited. I hope Amanda is excited. Have you started reading? I did because I thought we were talking about today because I forgot <laughs> about awesome. the end of First John Five. So, so, yep. <laughs> so we are going to start a new book series, a new thing on a book by David McKenna called Becoming Nehemiah. And it's a book on leadership. It's a very, very short book. Um, but I have found it to be extremely helpful in my um, journey in faith and leadership. And so we're going to talk about it. So if you want to get a copy or find one somewhere, it's called Becoming Nehemiah. It's by David McKenna. And that's what we're going to start on next week. So, all right, all right friends. Amanda, I love you. You're pretty awesome. Thanks well, for hanging out with me. Quite wonderful yourself. Yeah, well, thanks. All right, well, God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye.